Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, St. Louis Cardinals fans? And welcome to another Believe in Cardinals podcast. As always, I am your host, Braxton Wheeler. And today's date is March 13th, 2023, and this is episode number 13. You can find this podcast wherever you listen to your favorite shows, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SiriusXM, Amazon Music, Pandora, and many more. If you enjoy this show, please hit the subscribe button so you can be a part of the first listen club every time a new show show is posted about the birds on the bat. You can also follow me on Twitter at Brax, B-R-A-X-X-X-26. I post content daily and send me a message whenever you'd like if you want to hear something specific on the show. All right, guys, I hope everyone's doing well. It's a really, really busy time right now for sports if you follow more than just baseball, right? So, and even if you do follow baseball, it's, it's starting to heat up. We got things going on. We got, you know, the WBC is in absolute full effect right now. We got spring training really in full effect, almost at the midway point. Um, not only that, we got NFL free agency opened up today at 12 o'clock. If you follow the NFL, um, you got uh, March madness. The brackets were released last night. The conference championships just finished up the other day. So we are in March madness for more than just basketball. So, uh, I'm, I'm getting excited, man. I'm right now. I'm not going to lie. I'm more into the WBC than spring training per se, right? Because some of the bigger names are in. Um, the WBC and we like to follow that especially as a you know as a United States citizen we are following USA team and also love to watch just the energy in the different stadiums from the WBC so we're going to go over that a little bit and how Lars Newtbar has became an international superstar it seemed like overnight him and Shohei Otani are like all of a sudden best friends and uh, if you're on Cardinals Twitter everybody's like you know Shohei Otani to the Cardinals perhaps so he's became an international superstar, which is awesome to see. It's good for marketing. I'm going to bring that up a little bit. And we're just going to, you know, kind of take a look into spring training, see how things have went the last few days, see how the, the you know, the, the status of our pitching has been, and uh, a little bit more. Also, like to mention Jordan Walker got injured. I'll talk about that a little bit. Looks like he avoided a, a you know, avoided any serious injury. Looks like he should be back into the lineup tomorrow. Cardinals were off today, but it looks like Jordan Walker will be back in the lineup, which is really good. But I want to start here. What is going on with the United States in baseball and the World Baseball Classic? What is happening? What took place at Chase Field last night with the United States when they faced off versus Mexico? Let me start here. The Chase Field experience has been sort of an embarrassment, okay? And here's why. Why are we getting drowned out by you know the Mexico fans in the United States, I don't understand that. Um, I don't want to say it. Maybe I'm saying it like this because United States. I don't want to say we're spoiled to baseball, but it feels like baseball has become such a, you know, it's a casual Tuesday or a Wednesday. It's just an activity to go to, or we've watched a lot of baseball, so our energy's not that high. But all these other teams in the WBC, the fan wise, they've been making laps around the United States. So last night, the United States got embarrassed by Mexico. They took a loss 11-5, to okay? And it's important to bring this up because we looked like a bunch of clowns. We really did. And I know there's pressure on the United States to perform in this tournament, right? Um, 
they are the favorites to win the WBC, and all of a sudden, going from the favorites to win the WBC, all of a sudden to, the, let's face it, the United States has to win their last two games. I don't, I think it's Canada, and I know they played Canada tonight, and I think the next one's Columbia. But they got to win those games, and not only do they have to win those games, they're going to have to win these games somewhat convincingly because they have dug themselves in a tiebreaker potential, uh, you know, a tiebreaker potentially. And if they get into that tiebreaker scenario, I think it comes down to the most runs scored. And Mexico put 11 on us last night. Where is our pitching? I want to start there. Where is the United States pitching? Okay. I saw a tweet today and a stat that said, the number, the top ten Major League Baseball pitchers that were born in the USA with the highest WAR, not a single one of those guys are on the WBC United States roster. Last night I put out a tweet. I was about to go to bed. I can't stay up and watch these games. They start so late, 10 p.m. It's awful for the people on the East Coast like me. But I'm like, we have. Where is Aaron Nola? Where is Justin Verlander? Where is Max Scherzer? Where is you know Bieber? Where is where are these guys? I know I'm missing some, but where are our guys, right? Um, the United States just look dreadful. Um, and because of that, they're on the brink of getting eliminated for the first time ever in the WBC without advancing past the group stage. Uh, why? Jeff McNeil, let's talk about him for a second. Him playing second base last night, he looked like a, he looked like a clown. He just, he, I understand it's, he went back, he had a, you know, backpedal to the outfield and try to catch a ball that went right through his glove. Like, these are the best guys in the United States. The United States lineup is stacked. They got to score more than five runs to Mexico. They got to. Right? They, they didn't even look good in their first game over Great Britain that they won. And we'll talk about Adam Wainwright a little bit in our and, you know, the status of our pitching staff. But, you know, they won that game, but it didn't look great, right? We should dominate Great Britain. We should dominate them. It, their jerseys, Great Britain's jerseys look like they just, they just, put up, you know, they got on a computer and typed in New Times Roman in 12 font and just put Great Britain slapped in a jersey and said, go play. And, you know, we didn't struggle with them, but we didn't look good. And I knew we might have been in trouble ever since I saw that. All right? That's kind of where I, that's all I want to talk about the WBC. Look, United States, I hate to say it, but they got to perform. I mean, they got, there's no way, it's a, it's a bad look. If they lose tonight to Canada, whose pitching is not good, but Canada has the ability with Freeman and, and O'Neal. You know, these guys get hot. The United States could be really staring at elimination. Okay, so I think our game starts at 10 p.m. tonight, which is tough. Can't really watch it all. Um, but let's pivot a little bit. Um, let's talk about March Madness real quick. Nothing crazy. I got to get it off my chest, right? It's March. It's it's March 13th. Um, as you can see, if you're watching the stream, I got my Kansas hoodie on. I know Missouri, Mizzou, you know, it's between Mizzou, Kansas, some K-State fans, maybe some others with the Cardinals, but the, the committee was a joke. Let's talk about one second. Give me one minute, right? If you watch, and, and Mizzou fans, you can agree, you should have been higher than a seven seed, in my opinion, but Kansas, right, they they are a one seed, but they are not, they are not in the Midwest. There was no reason that Kansas should not have been, if not the unanimous number one seed overall, but they should have been the number one, you know, number one seed in the Midwest, right? There's no reason Houston should have been over them. Kansas was 17 quad one wins, which is the most in NCAA history. Um, they lost to Texas, right, in the in the Big 12 championship, which it shouldn't have mattered. Uh, and and 
you know, Houston lost to to Memphis, and and, the, and when they lost that game, I was like, it's over. Kansas in the Midwest. The reason it's such a big deal is Kansas now, if they make it to the Sweet 16, they got to travel to Las Vegas as the number two seed UCLA and the number three seed Gonzaga in the Western Conference, which is crazy because now you're the number one seed, but you're playing the best two and probably the best three seed in the whole tournament in Las Vegas rather than playing in Kansas City. So anyway, the committee's a joke. Um, it's a complete joke. If you want to go get deep, dig deeper into that, get on Twitter, look at stuff like that. But it's time somebody to call out the committee. That is just awful. Um, you know, their reasoning, they asked, right? The first question, you have all these 68 teams selected in the field. And the first question that was asked was, Hey, to the, the, the chairman of the committee, I can't remember his name, but he was like, why did you pick Houston over Kansas? Kansas had the number one strength of schedule in the entire uh, nation. They had the most quad one wins. His reasoning said, well, when Houston, they were competitive in their losses and said they play in the American. And then they said, well, that yes, when they lost their conference championship to Memphis yesterday, they were out with their best player. But let's just ignore the fact that Kansas was out with without Kevin McCuller, their best defending starter, and their coach, Bill Self, who suffered a – um, he had a heart operation. He was out of the whole Big 12 tournament. So the reasoning was just awful. No way you can defend it. All right. That's all I got to say on that. Um, Lars Newtbar, huh? I mean, I think it's safe to say this is for me. If, if the United States gets knocked out of the World Baseball Classic, I'm probably rooting for Japan. What they have done in the World Baseball Classic is, is phenomenal. Uh, they're 4 0 in group stage, and they look dominant. Right, the atmosphere is wild. Um, you know, Lars Nudbar is the biggest superstar of the World Baseball Classic so far. He's maybe next episode I'll get a clip of him. Like he, he obviously cannot speak the language, but he's hyping up the players before the game with a translator. He's doing all the right things. He's grabbing a microphone after he knows he's been saying bits and pieces of the language to the fans after the game. Dude just became a superstar. And why is that so important? Let me tell you why. And this is what nobody's talking about. Everybody's just saying, hey, you know, Lars Newbar is a superstar and all this. this is awesome. It is so good for the game, but most importantly, it is good for the Cardinals. Obviously, Shohei Otani becoming best friends with Lars Newbar throughout this is insane because it is. Anybody that's played baseball likes to play with friends. So that is a marketing pitch on that stand front. But also, it's kind of the way Harrison Bader was. Lars Newbar is exciting to watch. And why is that important? He puts fans in the seat. Sometimes we don't talk about that. It is such a big deal. Players, and maybe it shouldn't work this way, but if you're exciting, you have a good personality, you bring energy to the team, like Harrison Bader, even with the long hair, like it literally brings people to the seats. They fall in love with this guy. It brings revenue to the seat, to the team. Yeah, you have a longer leash too. I hate to say it. If you're a guy that's boring and just, uh, you do not have the same, um, you, do, you just don't get this treated the same by the fan base. You really don't. And Lars Newbars became a fan favorite. I mean, for goodness sake, he's he's gotten all, I guarantee, when this tournament is over. You know, people in Japan, kids in Japan, they got the, they're doing the, um they're doing the pepper grinder, right, that the Cardinals did last year during the season. Uh, and the kids are buying pepper, you know, pepper shakers, whatever, and the stands, it's became crazy. Dude just became an international superstar. It's awesome to see. And because he's played a great, Great tournament so far. They're 4-0. They just beat Australia 7-1. And um, I think they're. I think he's going to be the opening day right starting right fielder regardless, probably leadoff hitter, if not um, Tommy Edmond. Um, 
Also, the atmosphere is fantastic in the WBC. If you haven't watched it, I, I suggest you watch. Uh, like Taiwan, it's amazing that the atmosphere. They got cheerleaders on the dugout. They're they got so many chants going. Even when they were down like six to seven one, uh, one game. It's it's awesome. Um, United States could take some notes on that. All right, let's let's get off the WBC and head over to Jupiter, Florida, and transition to what is going on in Florida with the big league club. Well, Jordan Walker got hurt sliding into second base on Saturday. Uh, he was removed from the game for precautionary reasons, but the good news was it seems like he avoided serious injury, will not require an MRI on his shoulder, and it looks like he will back, be back in the lineup on Tuesday. Um, you know, Thank goodness he's okay, right? We'd see a guy like this tearing it up in spring, and right? he's going to make the opening day club if he, if he continues to have an amazing spring. You never want to see something like this happen to a kid, especially 20 years old. Um, here's two things I got on this. Yes, he's going to be okay. Yes, he's going to be back in the lineup tomorrow, but you never want to kill someone's momentum per se, right? Like, you don't, this young guy's playing great baseball. You don't ever, I'm excited to see how he's going to bounce back from it. I want to see if there's any lingering injury there, right? Any, you know, anything like that. But the main takeaway is Jordan Walker, do not slide headfirst into second base. Statistically, that is the number one way to get hurt on the bases when you slide headfirst like that, right? Um, you know, we had to hold our breath the other night. Nolan Ar or uh, Paul Goldschmidt was sliding into first base. Nolan Arenado is like lunging, looked like he was going to destroy his kneecap. Like you can really get hurt on these bases. And seeing Jordan Walker, number one prospect, slide into second, I, I you know, respect the energy. Yes, I think there's a time and place for it, right? If you know, World Series, playoffs, something you want to slide head first, oh well. But I would rather Jordan Walker, let's put it this way, I'd rather see Jordan Walker get thrown out at second base sliding you know, with his feet first and head first and miss time, right? That's just how valuable he is to the team. That's how good of a spring he's having. And, you know, the guy's batting 424 with an on-base percentage of 424. He's slugging 788 OPS over – it's 1.2 over that. He's had 33 at-bats, 14 hits. Look, guys, this guy's production's amazing. Leading, he's second in the team in home runs of three this spring. Um, But – I'm excited to see how he's going to bounce back. And uh, Jordan Walker, please stop sliding head first in the second. All right. Also, Mason Wynn. Let's talk about Mason Wynn. He made a tag the other day that was Javier Baez-like. Um, <clears throat> he reminds me so much of him when it came to that tag. Like, you know, this guy Mason Wynn is a guy that's batting 348 this spring with an on-base percentage of 429, right? Um He's just been phenomenal this spring, and if you missed it, go watch the clip. He got a throw to a guy who was trying to steal second base, threw the ball down to Mason Wynn. He did an insane tag that was absolutely incredible. Um, he's such a good talent. Mason Wynn is continuing to have an amazing spring, and, you know, I'll tell you what, man. Paul DeYoung's batting 154. Don't blink, okay? Don't blink. Paul DeYoung's batting 154. And I understand he's going to make the opening day roster, but it is so tough for me to see a guy like this just get completely outplayed and, you know, knowing that Mason Wynn's probably not going to make the team because of Paul DeYoung. Now, I know he's going to be good for our future and everything, but uh, don't don't look now. Paul DeYoung, just like that, is uh, struggling again this spring with an average of 154. Um, also, let's mention some other guys before we talk about the pitching. Dylan Carlson, who's the odd man out? If J Lars Newbar, international superstar, going to take over right field every day, you know, 
Um, Jordan Walker, what if he plays left field, right? Um, he's having too good of a spring not to if he can stay healthy. Tyler O'Neill's playing good for Team Canada in center field. What are we doing with Dylan Carlson? Dylan Carlson right now, this spring. I know he missed some time with some injury, but he's batting 208. He's had 24 at-bats. He's only had five hits. His OBP is 269. He's slugging 500. Guys, this is just not good stats for Dylan Carlson. He's in a competition to win a position, right? He's in a competition to win a position. That's not how you do it, okay? So we talk about this odd man out. You know, we say the story's going to write itself. Well, right now, if it ended today, he is the odd man out on this team, okay? Um, Nolan Gorman, also kind of struggling a little bit. He's batting 240. Uh, yeah, he has two home runs and 24 at bats, but he's batting 240. He's also a guy that you got to look at. That's it's really, you know, what is what is his role going to be? Um, some other guys. It's a rundown at Brendan Donovan, still doing fine, batting 310. Um, Mason Wynn, we talked about him. Um, Kramer Robinson hit Kramer Robinson hit a home run the other night. Uh, Wilson Contreras that batting average is up to 250. Uh, anyway, the main things is. Right now in spring training, besides Dylan Carlson and where he fits in, and obviously the health of Jordan Walker and the impressiveness of Mason Wynn, if that's even a word, it's safe to say, and I want to end on this, is talk about some of the pitching performances and where we stand as a pitching staff, is we're not worried about the offense, but we're keeping an eye on our pitching. And how is our pitching doing? Well, let's go through the last three outings. Let's start with Friday night, Saturday, and then Sunday. Three straight outings of guys that we're really having our eye on. Friday night, we had Jordan Montgomery versus the Mets. Cardinals won the game 7-5. to five. Jordan Montgomery went four innings pitched, a little bit better than last time. Two earned runs, four Ks, and a walk. Uh, two runs and four innings, you know, that's just kind of the stand, that's his, you know, average, whatever. But at the end of the day, he looked better. He looked more crisp. Um, he was, you know, hitting his spots better. He, you know, it's start number two. We're not going to say much about it, but he's trending in the right direction. Um. Matthew Libertor followed him up. He went three innings, one earned run, three Ks, right? Um, these guys, is, is pretty good outing by both these guys. Um, good to see him trending in the right direction. Direction, But I want people to keep in mind here, and, and sometimes this gets lost in, you know, get lost in, in, I don't know, you know, in transition when it comes to guys in spring training, is don't think that these guys are, I don't want to say not trying to get guys out, but they're working on stuff. You're not seeing their best stuff, right? Like they they might be throwing their fastball a little more to hit the locations. They might be trying to, you know, sharpen up their changeup regardless of the count, which might result in another walk. Um, listen, it's spring training for a reason. Yeah, you don't want to get beat around, but these guys, if there's this is what spring training's for. Yeah, you want to get win the game, but the results really don't matter. These guys are working on stuff and it's in live batters. And uh keep that in mind, okay? Uh, Jack Flaherty on Saturday, Cardinals bats went a little bit blank. They lost three to two to the Astros, but Jack, he went four innings pitched. He did give up five hits, two earned runs, two strikeouts. He did not walk a guy. Um, at the end of the day, uh, it's good to see Jack Flaherty throwing four innings, staying healthy. His velocity looks good. I think he looks good for the most part. Um, and I'm really excited to see, uh, Jack Flaherty come, uh, opening day. Uh, opening week, whenever he's going to start. Good to see him be healthy, and I uh, think he's going to be just fine. Zach Thompson also pitched that game. He still hasn't given up a run this this entire spring. Me knock on wood. Zach Thompson looks like a guy that's really solidified himself as being a really, really important piece for this bullpen. 
We needed a guy to step up, and he's done done just that. Um, so I, I expect to see, you know, some games. Uh, it's going to go Giovanni Gallegos, maybe, maybe we'll throw Zach Thompson, then to Ryan Helsley, or you know, vice versa with uh, different guys like that. So it's it's good to see another guy step up. Um, and we'll finish on this. Steven Matz on Sunday, he he, you know, five to one win over the Nationals. Uh, he looked okay. 3.2 innings pitched, one earned run. He did walk three guys in 3.2 innings. He did strike out five. So obviously, you'd like to see the strikeouts there, but you don't want to see three walks. But like I said, the guys are just trying to work on things, and uh, it's good to see these three guys uh, can trend in the right direction for the most part. So that's kind of the update from spring training. Uh, also on the pitching front, Adam Wainwright still struggling with velocity. I don't think he's hit 87 miles per hour yet in in spring and the WBC. Um, I think he was like 86.7 is what he maxed out at. Um, he did, you know, he, best, you know, it's where to spot. I don't want to judge Wayne, right? But we got to see this velo get to 87. He really needs to be 88, maybe 89. That's where we like to see Wayno. But uh, other than that, he looked okay. Uh, started a little rough, but he got through the outing and the win over Great Britain. And that's all I got pretty much for this episode. Uh, I'm just. I want everybody to really tune into these WBC games. They're awesome to watch, man. Uh, take some time. Even if you can't watch them, go back watch the highlights. Uh, and the Team United States, man, they play 10 o'clock tonight. Um, get you a cup of coffee. Stay up and watch half a game. Watch an hour or so. I know it's, it's a time change, so it might help a little bit. So when it's 10 p.m., it feels like 9 p.m. right now, so that helps a little bit until you got to wake up in the morning. Um, but that's all I got. As always, I am your host, Braxton Wheeler. This is the Believe in Cardinals podcast. Everybody have a fantastic night. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.